Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Tampa Bay Lightning play game two today at 3 p.m. against Columbus in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. What effect will that five-overtime game have on both teams? And should they change the overtime rules for the playoffs? Who was the best player on the ice in game one? And, hey, what's better than a golf nap? Hello, friends. We'll talk all that and more with Tom Jones my former radio partner and longtime columnist of the Tampa Bay Times, now with the Pointer Institute on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. All right, Tom Jones joins us now. And, uh, Tom, let's start with the uh, scintillating six-hour hockey game that we watched the other night. Five overtimes, the Lightning beat the Blue Jackets. Three to two. It is over, right? They they're not they they are done, right? They're not. Still I think playing. they're done. In fact, they not only were they done, but they also knocked uh, you know Boston and Carolina from playing, How which also that? went to overtime. By the way, yeah. It imagine did. if imagine if that had all been played that night. That well, what time would that <laughs> Carolina Boston game have ended? Like three in the morning, right? Two in the morning, something. Crazy. Oh, they weren't too happy about having to come back the next day at eleven a.m. I can tell you that. <laughs> well, it's better than playing till two. Right. Yeah. No. Well, but they were already at the arena. So. That's true, too. Um, listen, I, I mean, I don't know how much mileage you get. I mean, certainly it beats losing, right? I mean, given the, the Lightning's history against Columbus that they made last year, um, and then they were going to make history with one of the longest games ever played, psychologically, I mean, how much of a boost, or for that matter, had they lost, how devastating would that have been for them? Or, or do you just say... Look, Columbus is really going to give them this kind of series, and they're all going to be like this. Yeah, all of the above. I think Columbus is going to give them a really good series because that's the kind of team they are. I think, Rick, that they were I, – I never. I always hate to put too much too much emphasis on one game, right? especially in a, in a first the very first game of a seven-game series in the first round. But five overtimes. But five overtimes. you got to win that game. Yeah. I don't know how much of a boost it gives them to win, but I know it would have been an incredible gut punch if they That's had lost. That's what I think. For a lot of reasons. One, you, could, you, you stand out there for six hours, yeah. and you got to come away with a win, especially when you outplay the other team as much as I yes. thought they outplayed Columbus. But the other part, which you mentioned, Rick, sort of that – that psychological Monkey. battle. Yeah, I mean, you're mm-hmm. you're facing a team that knocked you out of the playoffs in four games. Yeah. And if you lose that after, like, throwing literally 88 shots on goal or whatever it was, close to uh, 100 shots at the end of the night, and you don't win that game, you right. have to walk off going, geez, we're never going to beat this team. And I think just the fact that they didn't lose means means more than, than winning, if that makes sense. So I, I think... They could not have afforded to lose that game. Doesn't mean they're going to win the series, but now I also think that now they have confidence moving forward. Columbus had played a lot of a lot of minutes in their in their lead up to this, but um, you know I'm wondering because you you've seen teams now. You know this is a, these these are teams that hadn't played except three games and, and had three months off, right? Mm-hmm. But but having said all that, 
I mean, what what is the physical toll of something like this? I mean, in other words, they'll get through this series. They'll have to. Both teams will. But do you does this show up two or three weeks down the road if if one of these teams advances? It could. There no. There's no precedent for this stuff. It was what the fourth longest game in NHL history yeah, or something yeah. like that. So it's not like we can look back and say, well, the other teams have played five. Like nobody remembers the other. I barely remember any of the other five overtime games. I think I saw one of them on a couple of them on TV, but. Um, but it happens so rarely that it's hard to know what the what the effects are. It's good that I guess that it happened in the very first game of the playoffs, when what essentially was your fifth game after, if you want to count that that exhibition game they played against the Panthers after having three months off. So right. it's not it's not like it's happening in May in Game Five of the of the conference finals after you've played eighty you know a hundred ninety five games or whatever, and you're playing every other night for a month and a half. So I guess that that's sort of the silver lining is that, is that you've had a lot of time off and you haven't played a ton of hockey and this is your first game back. But um, I wouldn't advise doing it again. <laughs> I wouldn't want <laughs> well, you know. I yeah. mean, you, it was actually interesting. I was thinking about this the other night as I'm watching this game. And obviously you want to win. Like there's never a scenario in which like a loss is okay in a seven game series. There just aren't enough games to, to say, okay, we can kick this one away. But you do start to wonder, at least I did that. Would you almost be better off losing this game? Like 10 seconds into the first overtime than Mm. winning this series, than winning this game in five overtimes. Mm. Does it, does it, because in the long run, I think you're the better team than Columbus. And Columbus, this is how Columbus is going to have to win games, grinding and not wearing you down, yeah. getting you tired. And I don't know, I, again, I wouldn't suggest like, okay, let's just give up a goal in the first 10 seconds. You you, don't, you never know how these games are going to go. But you do wonder about the, the long-term effects of losing a five, of playing a five-overtime game. Forget right. losing, just playing it. So we'll find out in the next few days. But the thing I was blown away by, Rick, was – just how I thought Victor Hedman was the best player on the ice. I think he was the Lightning's best player, and him in overtime tracking the, like deep in the over. I don't know which overtime it was, tracking a guy down on a breakaway. Yeah, I, I thought when I watched him walk off the ice, limp off the ice, banging his stick against the railing, in the game he got hurt. I thought, okay, he's done, broken ankle, high ankle sprain, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I thought he was spectacular in that game yesterday or on uh, in uh, on uh, Tuesday. Yeah, he was really good. I thought that he was um, early on. Maybe seemed to be, you know, conserving a little energy. Um, maybe not had that initial burst. I mean, he was. I don't know. He skated well. He didn't. You couldn't tell necessarily to the naked eye. There was a couple times where I thought he looked a little slower than normal. Um, but man, to stand out there for five periods and do what he does, and t- I think he took like twenty shots. You know, that's what someone said. He's going to have to ice his arms down and run yeah. have a Zamboni run over it afterwards <laughs> yeah. because it was, you know, he was he was just worn. He had to been worn out at the end of it. That, those are the guys you worry about. Like when you talk yeah. about the, the after effects, like guys who play for Nikita Kucherov and right. Brendan and Braden Point and, and guys like Tyler Johnson, those guys, Alex Kalorn, um, they're playing a lot of minutes. Don't get me wrong. And they're playing hard. Right. But that's not like going out there and playing 50 some minutes, which is right. what. Uh, Victor Hedman was doing. Those are the guys you worry about. The defensemen who are taking the hits, skating the most, having the most, uh, having the puck on their stick the most in stressful situations. Those are the guys you need to watch out for. Uh, Jones's kid, uh, you oh, know, Seth Jones, Jones, he played like 60 something minutes, I think. He's incredible. You know, Seth Jones was a guy, I, 
He was drafted the same year Jonathan Drouin was. Jonathan Drouin went third overall to Lightning. Seth Jones went fourth that year to Nashville. Oops. Yeah, well, and that's what I thought too. Like at the time, I remember saying at the time, I thought the Lightning should have drafted Seth Jones. So this is not revisionist history, but he um, he ended up he like, he didn't even stick with Na- Nashville. He ended up being traded from Nashville to Columbus. But I thought he was a s- sensational player back then. Of course, his dad was a former Popeye Jones. Yeah, yeah played for for the uh, Denver Nuggets. So he grew up in mm-hmm. Colorado and became a hockey player. And there's the story with him and Joe Sakic. Joe Sakic sort of was his mentor early on. And um, and I guess at the time the theory was well the lighting has Victor Hedman they they really mm. not, they don't look for number one defenseman but my theory has always been can't have enough really good defensemen right you can find scores Jonathan Drewan we can debate how that turned out because he turned into Sergey you know uh, Mikhail Sergachev who I think is going to be a really good player he's twenty two just turned twenty two. Yeah, he's playing big time minutes, and maybe he'll be better than Seth Jones at some point. But can you imagine if this team had Victor Hedman and Seth Jones at this point? I was watching Drew Ann play for Montreal. I mean, he never really became the player that uh, the Lightning had hoped he would be, even or or the Canadians for that matter, right? Nah, not yet. I mean, he shows flashes. I actually like him. I think he's a. Uh, I like his arrogance. I like there's something about him that I find like really charismatic. And I kind of, kind of, I just kind of like the kid. I I know that a lot of people were upset with him a few years ago with the with the lighting when he basically quit for a while. I thought he got bad agent advice. Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure if it was his agent. I think it was family advice mm-hmm. on some accounts. Uh, some accounts. Um, but you look back at that, and I said it at the everybody wanted to get rid of him. I remember listening to talk radio around here and others yeah. who were saying, we, yeah, we "Let him rot. Let him go. Let him. Yeah. yeah, let him yeah. rot." And I, I said no. Like, Wait, who, who said let him rot? Come nah, on, a lot of people said. I let want to hear rot. names. I, I believe our buddy, our buddy, our Goodfellas buddy over there. Yeah, on, he did. T. Kraz. Yeah, I think he did. I think he did. If, if you're if I'm wrong, T. Kraz, I apologize. But I think that the, a lot of people. He wasn't alone. There are a lot no, of people. No, no, there. Are, we got plenty of text messages. Right, and I thought Steve Eisman, if you look back, handled it brilliantly. He did, and and accepted him back, and he went. He went to the minors, and then they brought mm-hmm. him up. And they actually needed him that year, and I thought he played well when he came back to the Lightning, and certainly played well enough that you were able to flip him for yeah. uh, Mikhail Sergachev, who again, he has his ups and downs, but that's going to happen with. I think he's there's a part of me that thinks he's a little further along than Victor Hedman was at that age. Although I really? think, I don't think he's going to be as good as Victor Hedman. Not that that's an insult. I think Victor Hedman's I'll take Victor Hedman. If I had if I was picking a team right now for one season, Hedman would be among my top 3 or 4 choices in all of hockey. As really? far as skaters, if we're not talking goaltenders because obviously goaltenders are so important, but I told wow. you this the other day, Rick, when we were texting the other night, I really when when Hedman went out, and it didn't look like he was coming back anytime soon. I said, I would rather play without anybody else on this team than play a series without Victor Hedman. You did somebody say said, that. Yeah. Somebody said, well, what about Vasilevsky? I'm like, no, I've seen that movie too. They played last year's playoffs without Victor Hedman, essentially, and got wiped out in four games. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would rather give it a go. If you had, to, if you told me you're either losing Vasilevsky or Hedman, I'd be like, you know what, let's let's give it a go without Vasilevsky. Really? Wow. Greatest goaltender in the world, Tommy. I understand that. Right now, he's the great, in my opinion, what do I know? He's the greatest goaltender in the world. I mean, you have a lot of people agree with you on yeah. that. I'd like to, I wish he would, I don't know. I mean, the other night he was great. I mean, he's going to have to win a series. He's going to have to steal a series for me to be convinced 
of him being that elite goaltender. But I'll, but I'll say this. A couple of years ago when they lost to Washington in the, in the Eastern Conference Final and they went to seven games, that series should have been over in five. They had no business even going to a seventh game. And I realized the last two games weren't even that close. They don't even, they don't even get to a sixth game without Andre Vasilevsky just playing out of his mind in a couple of those games. So Well, and they lose what one and they didn't score a goal the last two games. Yeah, they didn't score a goal the last uh I'm gonna say eight period close to eight periods yeah. of that series. Yeah. So let me ask let me ask you this because I mean, there's a couple of things that, that kind of popped in my head as I'm as I'm spending six hours watching a <laughs> hockey game. Okay. Six hours. At least it started early. That was, I mean, <laughs> well, yeah. It didn't start at 8 o'clock at night. So. Thank goodness. Um, one of them was, this, is the, this was literally the first game of the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, right? I mean, they had the play-in games and the yeah. round robins and things. And I'm thinking, you know, could it be possible that, say, I don't know, after two overtimes they come up with something like three-on-three? Three? I mean, it – it just it just seemed uh, yeah there's drama and but you know and and to be to be honest the the play uh, surprisingly never really got bad i mean you would think it would get just like incredibly sloppy and there'd be breakaways all over the place and there weren't but you know what you know what happened rick the other thing happened I'm just to interrupt your thought for a moment the other the opposite happened they got tired and they got scared to lose and yes. actually for for a five overtime game i didn't think it was as dramatic as you might think it would have been. Well, unless because, you're invested in one of the teams. Well, no, I, mean, I get that. But, I mean, I, I, it was, you're right. There wasn't a bunch of end-to-end chances. And there, there were long stretches in that game where you got a feeling like, oh, no one's ever going to score. They're going to play forever. Because no, everybody was afraid to commit. Everybody was afraid to jump into the play. So their it, first priority yeah. was like, oh, let's get back. Don't get give up a deep, goal. Get it back. It, yep, it, yeah, yep. there, after a while, there was just a big crowd around the goaltender every, right. every time. You know, Right, and the puck was like just – it was, it was from blue line to blue line almost. Yeah. You know, it was just like, yeah. But I mean, but what do you think of saying, the idea yeah. of saying, "Look, we can't, we can't have these teams play five overtimes or or four overtimes or maybe even three overtimes." But you know, after one or two of these, let's come up with a system, maybe four on four, maybe three on three. I don't know. I mean, it's you're not the first person to to bring this up in the last couple of days, and so it's not a crazy idea. Right? I know you saying. don't like it. I, do, I hate it. No, no, I hate it, actually. Because, really? I mean, how do you know? Yeah, I mean, you don't know going in that it's going to go five overtime. I mean, it rarely goes that long. No, but I'm, I'm saying, like, if, sure. if in, in the event that it goes more than, say, two, or even more than one, say say maybe up until you get to the Stanley Cup final, yeah, have, I mean, have a I rule that says saying. we're not going to play more than one overtime. I, if you're ever going to do something, if you're ever going to sort of monkey with – how, yeah. you, how things go, this would be the year to do it because it's a crazy, it's a goofy year anyway. Right, right, right. And it's the same thing with baseball, as you mentioned. It's yeah, starting to runner, on, second, runner right. on second and extra innings. Right. Nobody got but no. just because you don't know how long this thing is going to last it, and you're, you're not anticipating that the game's going to go five overtimes, so I think you got the, you have to leave it the way it is. And, I mean, going to some other format, it just feels like now you're cheapening it. I get it for, they do it in World Cup, I know. You know, they do mm-hmm. it in soccer tournaments where, because you literally do get the feeling that they could play all day and no one's ever going to score. Yeah, yeah. But in hockey, it's I mean, what happened the other night was just it was crazy. I've never I've never seen it. I'm like I said, maybe there've been a couple games that have gone that long that that I may have seen on TV, but I mean most games if you get to a third overtime it's unusual. So I just I just think I wouldn't change the rules because one out of every, you know, 
200 playoff games, Every, or three or 500 playoff yeah. games, goes like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, we just said it was the the fourth longest game right. ever. So there's that. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna say something and uh, agree or disagree with me. They, well, we saw them lose four games to Columbus last year, but that game right there with the team they had a year ago, they lose that game. Huh. That's interesting. Because I here's here's what I think. Hmm. I think the Lightning, as it constituted right now, with the, with the players that they got in the off season, smart, you know, mm-hmm. additions, you know, grinded out kind of guys that that can be physical that can play that style if, if it's just going to be hold us all up at the blue line type, you know, type of style that they're patient enough and they're, and they're physical enough and th- they'll do it. Whereas I'm, I don't, I didn't see that out of them last year. They got flustered. They, they, they weren't comfortable. That's not their style. They're not willing to do, they weren't willing to stand there, you know, and it wasn't all always the big guys. I mean, Yanni Gord, I thought had the best game of anybody on the ice in my opinion, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I, do you, do you get the feeling that the additions that they made are are showing or have already shown up in this series? I do, and I also get the feeling that lat, yeah, maybe you have a point there, Rick. That I think last year's playoffs maybe maybe helped them the other night. Yeah, and and I'll and I'll even explain a little bit more in that I do think you had. You, I think you're onto something that. I think last year there was this sense of, can we just get back to the Eastern Conference Finals, please? Like, can we just yeah. fast forward? Right. There was this assumption that, okay, we're going to blow through Columbus. We're better here. than everybody else. Right. We just proved it for the regular season. So, And so when you go one year, you go to the sixth game in the Stanley Cup Finals, and then you come back the next year and you go to game seven of the finals. Then, okay, then you have the blip year where you miss the playoffs. And then right. you come back the next year and you go back to game seven of the finals or of the Eastern Conference Finals. There, yeah, You start the next season going, Oh my gosh, we got to get all do all this work just climb to get the back. mountain. You got to climb, climb the mountain. The mountain. Yeah. Well, they wanted to skip like from, they wanted to go straight from base camp to sure. like the last like a hundred sure. meters. You know, take the gondola, take the ride. It's it's right. fun, right? And so when they got to that first run, yeah, there came a moment like, all right, boys, you got to roll up your sleeves, put in the work, and yeah. get back to the Eastern Conference Finals again. Get back to where you were three of the last four years. And yeah, I think. They did get flustered because I think they got midway through when they blew that game one. They're like, wait a minute. This wasn't supposed to happen. Right. But, you know, and then they lose game two. And now you're like, it was funny. Like, all the, you almost get the, get the sense that if they could have just, even if they had won game four, I wouldn't have counted <laughs> them out. Like, right. But, it, but there was never, a, it wasn't until late in game four where it almost looks like they snapped back in the, in the place. And you're like, oh, wait a minute. The season's almost over here. And they play with a sense of urgency. Yeah, and and maybe what we saw the other night, as you're talking about, that sense of urgency was sort of born out of what happened a year ago when they, yeah, when they did, they they, there's no other way to put it. They should not have lost that series a year ago, but they did, and it wasn't because Columbus was better, because Columbus was not better. They had a, the Lightning had a better team, but they didn't play better. Wouldn't it figure though that? you know, their first opponent this year would be Columbus. And I don't know if they'd have faced them later in the playoffs or not, but in a weird way, okay, this is your literal opportunity to erase that stain. So so if they win this series and they do it beating Columbus, that's got to be some win to your – I mean, that, that has to be, you know – Well, Rick, let me ask you, Rick, because you were there. When the – Tampa Bay Bucks could not beat Philadelphia. They could not win in Philadelphia, couldn't beat the Eagles, and then they play the Eagles and they beat them. And they go to the Super Bowl. It wasn't I mean, even a question. It was when they beat the when they beat the Eagles 
It did they want the Eagles that year? Do you think like before? Like I, I know I it's easy they, to look back now. I don't know if they wanted them. I mean, they they had played them even during the season, and they went up there and got beat again, and didn't really do a whole lot on offense again. Um, but John Gruden figured out something while he was there, and what he figured out was that their linebackers couldn't cover anybody. Um, and you know, when when he put three receivers on the field, they went to nickel and took one of their better players out of the lineup. And they still couldn't. They still couldn't cover Jared Vicious, and they ran all these crossing routes. So, John sort of had their number. It wasn't a, it wasn't a good game by any means. They got beat and beat soundly, um, but it, there was a different feeling. But to answer your question, I, I don't. You know, when they beat Philadelphia, and that had been such a nemesis, got Tony Dungy fired, all of that, um, and and did it by you know scoring points of all things. Um, I don't think it would have mattered who they played, but let's be honest, they played the team that John Gruden just left and knew intimately <laughs> and, and could, you know, call out Rich Gannon's, you know, cadence and, and, and checks, you know, at the line right. of scrimmage. So we'd be naive to think that that wasn't somewhat serendipitous and all they did was intercept them five times and return three for touchdowns. But, yes, to your point, when you beat a nemesis, you know, when there's something that's, you know, stopped you before and you get over that, I think you do. I think it does feel a little like it's downhill after that. I mean, I really do think you get a lift from it because, you know, that's past you now. Right. And maybe that'll happen with the Tampa Bay Lightning. I do think the other good thing about you look back at this five overtime. Now, this this benefits Columbus as well, too. I really do think this not traveling is really going to help. And, and again, I've been on these planes. You've been on these planes, Rick. I mean, they're not they're not crammed in middle seats, you know. No, and, and connecting through uh, Charlotte. Right, these, these guys are they're they're flying really nice planes and they're eating and and it's very comfortable and it's actually quite relaxing. But they're not getting home at two in the morning. They're not. That's you know, right. They, and it takes it takes a little bit out of you. I do think being in that same city the whole time. Mm-hmm. Again, I I th- I think when you even out everything, the more you even things out and make things neutral. Yeah, the better team should win. Right. You know? It does. You're not impacted by travel. You're not impacted by uh, anything. Home other than, ice, all yeah, that. Home ice, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, crowd. Yeah, all that. You know. So, what have you thought about? I don't know how much of the other games you've watched. I've watched. I've a watched few. quite a bit of the hockey the last couple of days. Um, what What is your experience? Like your viewing experience? You, are you liking it? Okay, or yeah, you know, hockey's one of those sports where. Um, you know, it's it's the sound of sticks in 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 the swish of skates. I mean, it's the soundtrack is already there. You know, do I? You know, does it seem weird? I mean, they get the ambient crowd noise or, or the whatever. Look, as long as the lamp turns red and you hear the horn, uh, I'm okay with it. I yeah. I I pretty much. You know, the only, the weirdest thing for me um, has been the series I'm watching right now, which is Fenway Park being empty. I've seen every baseball stadium that the Rays have played in empty. None of them looked as weird as Fenway Park. I know it's very noticeable, isn't it? I wonder yes, why. Because, I wonder why that. Well, is. because it's 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 one of the it's a it's an iconic park first and foremost with the Green Monster where they w- hit it wicked far. And the thing is, the fans because it's an old stadium are are you know right on top of the field. I mean, so there's you not see much them more room. during the game. I guess. Yes, right? they're they're actually part of of the of the scenery, you know, and. Um, it's, I guess it's just more noticeable, an iconic park like that, but mm-hmm. you know, you don't have the tarps, you know, kind of covering, um, the areas right behind home plate for starters, but it just seems really odd. Cause you know, Boston is such a fervent, 
you know, Red Sox town that, you know, to not have people there, I think it's very odd to me. Yeah. The hockey, though, has been fine for me. And the reason is, and I noticed this the other day watching the the first game of the uh, of the Washington Islanders series is it was chippy and it was dirty and guys were fighting. You know, there were fights. Yeah. So you realize, like, okay, these guys don't need to crowd to, to whip them into a frenzy. No, to no. want to fight people that you put, you put, you know, give them skates and give them sticks and throw them out on the put ice. Put them on a can, pond somewhere. Yeah. yeah, that there's going to be some nastiness if you don't like the other guy. You just don't. What like is it? Him. They always say we'll play at Walmart. I don't know why Walmart's <laughs> always like always the thing, right? <laughs> but you're, parking yeah. lot at Walmart. They always say like you know, give me an apple and a. Glass of juice, I'll play you anywhere. Like, like that was always like, <laughs> what the hell apple. Does that mean? Like, what do I need an apple for? But <laughs> it was, you ever hear that when you were growing no, up? No, like, what? No, I haven't. Just say, oh, well, you give us an apple and a glass of juice, I'll play you anywhere. Like, really? Like, what? No apples, I'm not playing, you know. But, um, <laughs> but the hockey to me has been really good. You know what my favorite sport has been so far without it is golf. I watched the PGA Championship last weekend, and I thought it was great. And I think it was I really, great. Well, it was a great tournament. Things, well, it was a great tournament. Two things I liked about it. One, give me West Coast golf. Put every major. If we could somehow move the master, the Augusta. You National, like night golf. You like I night like golf? night golf. I like being at my house and watching golf at eight o'clock at night. See, Especially and I like the, I yeah. like it if it comes on. If it comes on around three o'clock, I'm okay for. I here's what I like is I got to have my gym dance nap. You got to take a golf nap, don't you? I've always taken golf naps. Golf don't naps do, are the best. Not during, not during majors, but if you're oh just, yeah, no, even during majors is oh, fine. Really? Just don't, wow. See, yeah, I don't do it during I mean, the majors. As long as the leaders it. haven't gone off, what do I care? Or if Tiger? No, but not. no, but you're right because the other day I did watch like the early coverage, like the yeah. noon to three. When yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Mickelson and those guys were like plus one. They're teeing off. You at, turn it at, on low. You put the volume on about four. Oh, turn the air down. Turn the air and and you'll sleep on the cut. And yeah, you can get a good hour. I'm telling you, you know how they have those wave machines like. You know, there, there are people that need these things to go to sleep, like raindrops, yeah. you know, the sound of, of waves crashing on the beach and all this. All I need is Jim Nance. Hello, yeah. friends. Hello. And no, and just like, oh, let's go to 17. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. Now, here's the. No, okay, Dottie Pepper just, is standing uh, by at 16. <laughs> Jim, we got about 129 <laughs> yards. He's going with the pitch. Right? I yeah, mean, it's, it's all quiet and everything. Yeah. yeah. On my yeah. worst sleeping night, I could watch, just turn on golf and I'm good. I'm out. You know my one of my favorite my favorite times ever in sports was I I walked a course with Dottie Pepper once while she was doing sideline uh, on really field reporting yeah and I had a headset so I could hear and I walked next to her the whole time and you hear the producer telling her what to do it, yeah and then she would and it was really interesting like you ever like it was how I think I told you this once before was that she was um, sometimes you go you'll be out on the course and they'll say uh, okay let's go to Dottie on fourteen she's like. All right, Tiger's uh, Tiger's about uh, 189 yards. He's going to go with an eight iron. Yeah, you always and wonder, like, how do you know how do they know an eight iron? Well, the cat, yeah. she looks at the caddy, and the caddy holds up his fingers and gives her like the heads up, like he's hitting an eight. Like the caddies uh, will tip her off on what they're hitting. And oh so wow! That's how she like she so she has to deal with all the caddies. Well, she'll look at him and they'll tell her like, yeah, he's hitting seven here or whatever. Wow! But she, it was great, yeah, and and it was great to to like. Sort of the in between, like what to hear what say, she said what when is, she wasn't. What is pitching wedge? What's the symbol for pitching wedge? I'm just curious. I get, I think it's almost like a like a. Uh, <laughs> I think he pee? almost like draws it with a like or holds up a, like a fist or something like that. <laughs> okay, but it's um. He but throws it was great. like he's a pitcher. He gives it his stretch and his windup. <laughs> pitching it was, wedge. It was. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Or, you, or you like sand, takes, sand takes wedge. He picks up some his... dirt and throws it at her. <laughs> Daddy, we are sandwich. 
<laughs> they, yeah, they do charades out there. He's sitting. <laughs> That's right. Two words. Uh, yeah, he said a bird. No, sand. No, sand. It's a sand bucket. Sand. Oh, sand bucket. Sand. He's in the wedge. You're at the uh, beach. He's on the beach. Oh, okay. Um, but it was great to hear her, like, uh, you know, it's like, uh, oh, he's, he's hitting a six iron here. She's like, oh, he might have hit that a little bit fat. And then she turned to me and she goes, that was awful. Like, but without, without saying it on the air. You know what bugs me? I, I mentioned this the other day, just another detour here. So I'm watching golf the other day. And I get it. Like, they're fans of everybody. And I understand. They're not, <clears throat> they're not really rooting for anybody. But this drives me absolutely crazy. I don't know if it drives anybody else nuts. So a guy will be lining up a putt. And it's a long putt. Say it's a, like a 25-footer. And so it's like, uh, he's like, all right, Justin Thomas here, uh, and he needs us to get within two of the lead because it's going to bend slightly to the left here. And then he hits it. And at the last second, the announcer goes, oh, get there, get there. I'm like, why? Why do we want it to get there? Why are you rooting for this guy to win? Like, I don't understand. That bothers me. Can you imagine? Well, Joe? but I mean, only if they like, you know, they, but if I it think gets kind of- there. But aren't Somebody, they rooting for every putt? I mean, it's not like that's like know, I'm only going to get Jason Day. To, I know. You know, but it's like if that putt goes in, that could potentially hurt another golfer. No. Well, sure, but I think I think you're rooting for performance, right? It's kind of like guess. watch him roll this 25 footer. You know. Now I guess it's not a team sport, so you can like we're rooting for everybody. We would, and it's not like they would say it for one guy, and not say it for another. They do say it for everybody. You but, say it's not a team sport, but every time they interview a golfer, they they say we. That's true because like the caddy, the caddy is, caddy, you know, yeah. and of course, anytime a guy, you know, well, Jimmy's got about a seven iron. It's going to be a full seven. I think he's got. We try to get the number right, and uh, oh no, he said uh, that's <laughs> that's a little long. That one's going to go to the back of the green and roll off, and then invariably the the golfer will look at the caddy and go like. What the hell? Yeah, nice you job. Know, like, or, or when he you, misses a putt, he looks at him and it's like, you said it was going to turn left. Right, you said it was breaking left and it went right. Like, But especially like on the club selection, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. like you handed me that club. You told me, you know. But can you imagine Joe Buck at a game, like here, here's the pitch to Aaron Judge, there's a fly ball to left, get out of here. Like <laughs> if it's a <laughs> national true. game, you that wouldn't would be a say little awkward. that. You yeah, that would that. be awkward. If you're the home team announcer, you say that. But if you, what if other, you did it with everybody, though? Like, what if that yeah, was no, they do, and they do it with everybody on yeah. golf. They're, they're, but the other one that drives me nuts on golf is, is like, all right, here's Phil. He's, uh, he's behind a tree. It's gotta, it's, he's got to get it up and down quickly. There's no way he can get this close to the hole. And then he hits it, and it like, knocks within four feet. That's an, I don't know how he did it. I know how he did it. He's one of the greatest golfers he's in the history golfer. of the world. Yeah. He's a pro golfer. Right. So. Yeah, come watch my round today, and if I get anything close to the hole, then you can go crazy. Right, exactly. You know, but I'm, I'm not shocked. I hit five when Tiger, good shots out of eighteen holes. Right, but I'm not shocked when Tiger sticks it, you know, three feet from the hole, from behind a tree, and you know, you're out of the sand and all that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Hey, I but wanted I digress. to. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, golf talk, golf naps. I, I'm telling you, golf, golf naps, naps and, are great. No other golf sport. naps and beer showers. I'm, I'm shower I beer. I haven't I'm done tra- the beer shower yet. You got to do the, the shower, but not a beer shower. That would be like if you if you got the walk off hit in the <laughs> clubhouse, but maybe a, a shower beer, like the beer you take into the shower. Is there any other sport that there? See, to me, there's no other sport you can really nod off to quite like golf. No, I've seen some football games. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta I be honest sat, with you. I think I've sat next to you for a few. Of them. Yeah, I think I think we've done our share of nodding off. I mean, there was this one in Chicago 
when uh, Mitch Trubisky threw like six touchdown passes oh in the gosh. first half. Oh. And I turned to you and I said, this is not NFL football. <laughs> I don't know you what did. this is. You did. This is not the NFL. You said somebody's going to get fired after this game. They should have. But, yeah. you know, Dirk Cutter, who not later Dirk. did get, we were looking later at, uh, did Mike get fired. Smith, right? But we want. We thought Mike's. I mean, if you can't fire a coordinator after that game, and then we, and then, uh, and then remember that was Dirk's. Uh, well, what would firing one guy do? Well, I mean, I don't, somebody let's try, has let's to pay. figure it out. Let's see what happens. Yeah, let's just right. Like, well, this isn't working. Why don't we? Why don't we find out? And they did find out, and it did matter. You well, know, it was funny the other day. They waited Pittsburgh, an extra week. Why Pits- I don't know. Pittsburgh Penguins fired their three assistant coaches the other day. I'm like, oh, you get knocked out in the first round. It's the assistant's fault. I get it. But the I'm like, assist- you know, they didn't fire the head coach. No, the head coach, like, no, he definitely is coming back. What? He's, yeah, he's won Stanley Cups. But You know what I like, and we've talked about this, is like when, uh, say, in the NBA or something like that, they fire the head coach, right? Mm-hmm. And then they promote the guy. It's a little like Dirk Cutter, but they promote the guy who was on the bench. <laughs> yeah. Like, so let me get this straight. So he had all the answers during the year, but didn't tell the guy next to him? That's didn't what we're saying? Now, now, now he's now no, we're no, Now we it. got it. Yeah. Yeah. And now we got the right guy. But the right guy was sitting next to this other dude for the entire season. Right. And kept it all to himself. So what should we do here, Coach? Like, uh, <laughs> I, don't I don't know, know that you I know, can tell you if that's – You're in charge, here. big guy. I mean, I, I know what I would do, but um, I'm going to see how this plays out for you. Yeah, that's not a good look. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com I'll get you out on this. The uh, Tampa Bay Rays have won three in a row now from the Boston Red Sox. Okay, they're on. They're like butter. They're on a roll again, Tommy. Yeah, well, I think they won Which, five in a row. Now. I almost called you, man, after those first like ten games of the season when they were Oof. couldn't be named. But I was going to say, hey, man, you sticking with your Rays? <laughs> yeah, it didn't look good. Didn't look good. But I am uh, for the stick record, with Tom. It. He did not stick with it. He jumped off that bandwagon real quick. <laughs> did he really? Yeah. I'm all back took, on the wagon. All I'm took, back. All on. took was one Kevin Kiermaier at bat, and like, oh man, there's no. Well, way I mean, you know, the whole team was hitting like 200. Okay. Can I just so say real quick, Kevin Kiermaier simultaneously drives me crazy, and he's my favorite player at the same time. Like, he has taken over every quality Steven Souza Jr. used to have. <laughs> Oh God! Uh, diving catches that he don't need to dive, doesn't need to dive for. He comes up in situations where he like just get the ball, just move it over, just, just do bunt something, it. Yeah. and then he comes up and hits a double with you know two guys. He gets on clutch it. hits. He has, he's he's always in the big moments. Yeah, for a guy who hits one ninety, he has more clutch hits than anybody I've ever seen. Anyway, I'll say this: for a guy that can run, is athletic, and he shows that in the outfield all the time, has no idea what he's doing on the bases. Doesn't. Literally That's the doesn't. worst base running team in the history of baseball, too. By the way, how many outs does that team run? Oh, constantly. But, but anyway, I mean, so they're on a roll. Run. They're on a roll. They're on a roll. They're like butter. They're on a roll. Um, they've had some injuries to their pitching staff. Obviously, we don't know what Charlie Morton's going to do. It looks like Blake Snell is working himself into pretty good shape. Um, you know, we'll see with Glass now, and 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 then they got a bunch of guys named Ned coming out of the bullpen that are all <laughs> pitching really well. That's an inside joke, but that's a really funny one. <laughs> But 
they're doing what the Rays do. They're right back, you know, within a game and a half or so of the of the hated New York Yankees, who they beat three out of four to to start this this role. The stinking Yankees, by the way. Stinking Yankees. Bunch of whining. They Yankees. haven't even hit their stride yet. I mean, you got guys like Susuko who's you know batting under two hundred. You get I call him Susudio, by the way. Susu Sudio. That should be they play, should play the Phil Collins song, I, don't you should, think? Yeah. Yeah. Um so do I go back onto the bandwagon or do I stay off? I told you all along, Rick, that the the hardest part wasn't going to be the playoffs. It was getting into the playoffs. And even though but everybody ex- gets in the playoffs, well, apparently, but I still was. I'm still more concerned about just somebody getting crazy, stupid hot for twenty games, like the some a team like the Blue Jays or whatever, yeah. just getting really super hot for twenty days, and that's enough to to get you into the playoffs. But I think I'm with you. I I think they're going to make it, and if they make it. You give me Snell, Morton, and uh, and Glasnow in a seven game series, whatever five game, whatever series. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. So I would. They stick can't with hit. It. They were they, until recently. They haven't been hitting though. Stay on the bandwagon though, because you stay on it. It the easy thing to do is take the field. Yeah, no, somebody else is going to win. Yeah. But I look at the Yankees, and yeah, you it's think, always the Yankees though. The yeah, Yankees, but that's three times in their hurt. history. Three times in their history, they're going to get hurt. They're, they can't stay healthy. And what? No, they, they're always hurt. Stanton's hurt now. They're, they're, that's true. Judge will get hurt again because that's what he does. So, mm. uh, I'd stick with it. I'd stay on the bandwagon. Okay, so let's say the the Rays, I stay on the wagon. They could do really well. Mm-hmm. The Lightning, with their five-overtime win over Columbus, could make it to the Stanley Cup Finals. Maybe they win. And then there's Brady. Uh, uh, Brady. <laughs> I'm telling you, Tommy. Even the Rowdies are going to win their their uh, their league, perhaps the NASL. I think this is an all Tampa Bay sweep. I think I think they're maybe we can have nice things. Wow. No, I'm still can't. not convinced baseball season's going to end, and I'm not <laughs> really? sure NFL's. Uh, I don't know. How many, how many games have the Cardinals played? Eight. Well, Six? they may not. You know what? How are they going to do card- that? How are going to work that? Well, out? well, I mean, you know what? I don't think it'll matter this year. There could be that team that didn't play 60 games and no one cares. It's like, well, too bad. You're going to go by winning percentage. Is that how we're going to figure I'll it out? I'll do something. We'll figure it out. Well, if. Uh, we're not going to reward them for having the NFL, a bunch of guys. they will start and finish. You think? The NFL will start on time for sure, in my opinion. Will they finish? I've been through the protocol. I'm telling you, those places are locked down to lock it up. You better really? lock it up because you're and not is that getting that Coronavirus tests stink? No, it's not the long. It's the it's the very uh, gentle nasal swab. Oh, you don't I, go. They don't go up through. I, your... My Q-tip goes deeper in my ears than this. Does thing it goes really? In my... oh, I thought yes. it went jamming way up. There. No, it's not. It's not that one. It's not. It's not the brain tickler. No, it's. Ugh. This is nothing. I mean, this is like. You know, this is nothing. It's per. It's like great. It's. You're out of there in two seconds. I mean, it's, really? you know. Okay. Yeah. So that. How part, long does but, it take to get the results? Um. Usually that night. Really? By tomorrow morning, mm-hmm. yeah, by the morning for sure. So you get tested the day before the practice, and those guys, you know, the first thing they do when they drive in the parking lot, they go and get tested. Yeah, I mean, I, I, obviously, I've never been tested because uh, I haven't been anywhere where I would get tested. Do you? Is there a sense of? Uh, I mean, do you get a sense of relief, like you're yeah, getting tested. I do. I'm glad. I want to know when I get COVID. Yeah. Then my whole family will know, right. and then then they can let all their friends know that they've been around. I'm like, I'm like the, uh, 
the contagion guy right now. I'm like, when I get it, then we'll know that everybody has it in the neighborhood. Actually, we don't associate with everybody in the neighborhood, but there's like four families that were around enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to try not to once the season starts because you're not going to want to, you know, I'm not, I don't want to break the bubble, Tom. No, you don't want to be that guy. You don't want to be that. I don't want to be that guy. So I have to. I might have to isolate myself from everybody. So no, no script clubs for you. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) No casinos. I won't Uh, be going to to Las Vegas. Apparently, can't be putting in any LA work there. So. By the way, do you get HBO? I don't have HBO. Uh, Yeah, I I do. Yeah. Did you watch any of the Hard Knocks yet? No, I no. I didn't even realize it was. Gruden's not in it though, right? Because it's not. It's not Las Vegas. Okay. No, it's the. It's, it's little. The Ram, it's the Rams and somebody it's else. It's the Rams and somebody else. Yeah, Rams and uh, uh, well, the other uh, Chargers. Chargers. Yeah. Oh yeah, the two LA teams. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, no I, might I haven't not get watched it yet. Oh, well, wait I like till it goes. Yeah, it's a good. It's. I mean, they always do a nice job, but it's just weird. See, that's a good. That's the fun thing about the golf. You can overhear the guys. I, I mean, the, let's face it. The, the great thing about hard knocks is to hear like people swearing and stuff. <laughs> And the other day, Justin Thomas, like, live, hot mic, hot mic. He's like, oh, you got to be effing kidding me when when uh, when, when he missed a putt. So, yeah, that's but, what we all do. But if you you know, hear I also, I mentioned this earlier. I, the reason I love the golf so much is because you don't hear people going, you know, get in the hole. Are you the man? As soon as, he, as, soon as somebody hits it. It was nice <laughs> without fans. I loved it. I just think it's weird when a guy makes a putt and he looks around to see if anybody's going to be applauding. And then invariably, what is it like? Some judge or something like clapping, and he tips his hat or whatever. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, right. Anyway, well, listen, we didn't solve much of the world's problems, but uh, tell you what, I learned a lot about the lightning. I learned a lot about college football and golf uh, naps and everything. Yeah. Golf naps and and uh, shower beers and all that stuff. So good to have you on, Dan. What's going on at uh, Pointer dot org? We got a, a new. Uh, running mate for Joe Biden, it's Kamala Harris. There's the a next, lot of the uh, next what 82, 81 days are going to be is insane. That it? Wow, yeah, wow. it's getting close. It's getting close. A lot to happen. And there's not going to be conventions, right? I mean, there's not going to. They be... are. They're going to have conventions. There, most of them will be virtual. But Trump's already announced that his acceptance speech, as as we're taping this, Trump announced that his acceptance speech will either be from the White House or Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. And uh, and Biden and uh, yeah, Biden probably will not be in Milwaukee. Theirs is in Milwaukee, so uh, it sounds like um, most of it will be virtual. But they're still going to have them, yeah. So, well, we'll make sure we check out Tom Jones's new newsletter on pointer.org, p o y n t e r dot org. Tomorrow we'll recap Game Two between the Lightning and Columbus, and Tom Jones is back to tell us what should become of college football in the fall to play. Or not to play. Thanks for listening. For Steve Verstink, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.